Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and I am uh, going solo today, but we are here with uh, Scott Ryan. Hey, Scott. Hello. Uh, I like your trick because I know that halfway through this interview, you're just going to transform into Brian, and I think it's a (laughs) great way to promote Lost Highway on its that first would be, day. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Halfway through, Brian takes <laughs> up and like it, it was like seamless, where it's like we're talking, all of a sudden Brian takes over and finishes the interview. That, that would be awesome. Uh, well, I mean, having uh, the idea is good enough. We don't uh, really need to actually do it because it takes work. Yes. But we're actually here to talk about your new book, Lost Highway Fist of Love. I mean, how exciting is that? It's, it, it is. It's not quite out yet. When is it? When is it actually available to uh, get? Um, I would say now because it is they're printed and they're shipping. Okay. So they could arrive on my front porch any day. I don't know when they'll come right now um, with the world the way it is. There is no idea of when. Um, right. I I just picked the date for the ebook to come out in April, just because I don't know how long it's going to take. I mean, right. like a month would be my guess. Um, and but I don't know. I know that it has. They're they're on a boat and they're on the way. <laughs> That's right. all I know. I guess I'd recommend pre-ordering and you'll get it as soon as it becomes available. I mean, that's great. Yeah, and we didn't get very many because I wasn't sure how many people would really be interested in Lost Highway compared to the Firewalk with me, which I knew people would be interested in. Um, So when the color ones are gone, I'll do what we do with the Twin Peaks and Rap book. I'll put it up on Amazon and, you know, you can get. Like the Let Amazon do all the work of uh, printing it and, and right, it. yeah. But I I like to have the books come out and be in color on the good paper and look nice. Just for it looked me. great. The Fire Walk with Me book looked excellent. It looks so beautiful. It's like wow. I mean, I, I love that it was in color. I mean, it's it it is cost you upfront a lot more money to do right. in color, but <laughs> it, it's a as somebody who gets the book, I I love seeing those co- color photos. Yeah, I mean, it's real stupid. That's the good part of owning the company. I can I can do stupid things for my own books. And um, I sort of trust David Lynch fans will make it, you know, at least that we won't lose money on it. Right. But Most people know this is my favorite David Lynch film of all of his work, even... <laughs> Firewalk with me. I love Lost Highway. I mean, I've said it before that I got it. I saw it the day it came out, which I think was like February 21st, 1997. So I saw it. I went into Cambridge, Mass, and I took the T. I saw it. I came back to college. And then I that same that was in the morning. I think it was the first showing. And then I went and saw it again because I was so blown away by the film. And it's like, I don't get this. I don't know. What is this? And I so I saw it two times in one day. And I've loved it ever since. And and yet, I guess for me, is like I think it's the greatest film ever, but it's not as popular with David Lynch fans or the critics. So, Scott, why would you write this book if it's not? as that popular well i mean we already established i'm not very smart 
I, I don't agree. So <laughs> Twin Peaks unwrapped. So that must be saying something. <laughs> again, again. Oh. <laughs> well, it is interesting because the thing that I really liked about the books that I had written is that they were all different. And I also waited a while to do my first Twin Peaks book. Mm. You know, I didn't really want that to be my shtick because I had the blue rose on that side. And I wanted to kind of differentiate myself and say, hey, I'm more than this. But these interviews really came my way. This is the only book that I've done that I didn't like choose to do. This book chose me. Looking at the calendar, we knew that 2022 was the anniversary of Lost Highway and the 25th. And I was like, let's do an issue on Lost Highway because there had never really, you know, no one really covers Lost Highway in that way. And I mean, crazily, I got Patricia Arquette and then Sabrina and Peter Deming and Scott Ressler and Natasha Gregson Wagner. And I was like, this can't go in an issue of the Blue Rose. Like, (laughs) this is more information. And I just, I did, like, I had the idea for the book and the book was done in six weeks. Wow. Like, it all just happened. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, and it was it was nuts. It's perfect timing with it with it being re-released in theaters and then going to the 4K uh, Blu-ray. So I mean, it really does seem like it lined up at a good time. If 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 you're getting if you're getting the Blu-ray anyways, I recommend getting this book because it's kind of like a campaigning piece. It really is behind the scenes of the making of this movie. So I mean, it just it, it seems like the perfect timing for this to be released. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of crazy that for once I do feel like I timed it really well. And again, it was because it wasn't my idea. (laughs) It just sort of came that way. I'm not so slick for all these things to to pan out. And, you know, Bill Pullman, uh, his people said yes many times. I really Mm. thought we were going to get Bill Pullman. Yeah. Um, But then they ghosted me and it just, I can't work on a project forever. I know it was just six weeks, but it had to come out within this time period because you want to hit that anniversary, just like you said. Yeah. And I I think you've talked before, you know, there's times where you talk to their people and sometimes they don't even reach out to the client. Who knows if they reach out to Bill? Like they say, oh, yeah, 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 we'll make it happen. And then you find out sometime later that they didn't even bother to re- reach out to the talent. And yeah. I think that's frustrating that you don't know of like, yeah, they say they're going to and then they don't follow through. I don't yeah, know. it was really frustrating because this could have been the first thing I worked on that had everyone. Yeah, you know, I would have had the mace. Yeah, it would have been nice if yeah. we could have got him uh, because... I had a lot of great questions for him in that way. And, you know, whatever I I move on. That's how I get all these things done is that I don't hold on to that stuff. I'm, I'm very flexible in what I'm working on. Now, so the title is Lost Highway Fist of Love. And when I first heard that Fist of Love, I was like, what a strange title. Like, what is that? (laughs) You explain it, but can you explain it now? Why that title? Yeah. To me, this is just my personal Feeling. The best song in that movie is I'm Deranged, uh, yeah, the David Bowie deranged. song. I love that song. Even like 
outside of the movie. I love hearing that song. I just love it. Mm. So I really wanted the lyric to come from that, but I could not do a book called Lost Highway, I'm Deranged, because everybody <laughs> would make fun of me. They would be uh, like, this right? is Scott's life story. <laughs> this is, of course he's deranged. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it was too risky. So I wanted to pick a lyric from it and when i read the lyrics the fist of love was in there and i'm like wait a minute that's fred yeah you know fred is the fist of love he he might be using love but he's using it violently and you know with his fists and it just and it also was weird enough mm. um it was a deep cut yeah and i think it's kind of funny probably had that song on repeat like I, I love that song too and it is such a haunting song and i mean you're right i mean it, it the, the song is played in the beginning and the ending and it's like it's like bookends and it but i never associated with those lines and but i agree with you that like fist of love really is fred and like if we if we step back on lost highway it does seem to be about a, a uh, maybe a, a husband that abused his wife and trying to maybe justify that <laughs> I don't think I even go into this in the book because it, it's probably a little highfalutin. And you say the highfalutin talk for Twin Peaks Unwrapped. But <laughs> you could even say that it's turned and the um, Alice character kind of uses the fist of love on the Pete character. And Mr. Eddie certainly uses the fist of love on the Alice character. So they're really, you know, it's more than just one thing. I really think that that that's what the movie's about. I like how you 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 broke it in and kind of like I mean it's mostly made up of interviews, but you kind of start off really explaining the whole movie, and there was a couple of things where you you brought up that I had never thought of in 25 years. I mean, mostly I think we're on the same page of what this film is and, you know, that it, you know, it might all be in Fred's head, but there was a couple of times you mentioned the dog or you mentioned other things about the, the jail. That's like, Oh, I never had that. Never thought of that take. And so I, I, I commend you on, on your, on your take of this film and, and how you see things. Well, and it's kind of interesting because I, for the most part, don't like, to write about theories about Twin Peaks. Like mm. none of my Twin Peaks stuff has ever been about trying Except for to Cooper's make it hair, right? Except for Cooper's right. Yeah, Cooper's <laughs> hair is like the only theory I ever had. And, and that was like relevant for one year. Yeah. And then the return came out and, you know, it kind of, it didn't matter anyway because yeah. we knew that time matter or time does happen in the red room because everyone got older so it right. didn't even really make that much of a difference but um but and also I, though i've never written about the cooper hair theory so yeah. i'm still good but in this movie one thing is i think that if that is what the movie is like i don't even know that it's a theory like pretty much the movie is what it is but if you had seen this movie not you because you've loved it and studied it, but if you're just a casual Lynch fan and you saw it one time and you said, that movie is horseshit. It doesn't mean anything. He's punking us. This is bull crap. I felt that I had to lay out like, no, like this movie actually 
it's kind of funny in the interview with Balthazar Getty, he says something that I think is so funny because he's like, oh, this is David Lynch's most straightforward film he's ever made. Love it. And it's such a funny thing because most people will be like, are you kidding me? But right. in a way, I kind of agree with him. Yeah. It's a very right. straightforward film. It really is. Right. But you're right. There's so many people. I So I saw, I mean, in, I think it was, uh, yeah, this past summer they re-released it in, in, mm-hmm. in the, you know, the 4K, great. And I went and saw it in Cambridge and I came out of the theater and there was a guy already standing there and I was just kind of hanging out. And the guy was like, can you tell me what I just saw? Like, I don't understand it. And then I went and saw it a week later again. I saw uh, closer to where I live and I brought a friend who had never seen it. And again, he was just kind of like baffled by the whole thing. Like, he's like, I don't get it. And it's just maybe you need to see it more than once. Well, you do. Yeah, you do need to see it more than once. And I didn't get it the first time. (laughs) And I know that in the book, I'm I'm flipping through the book here. Um, Talk amongst yourselves. And while you're flipping through the book, it was so interesting to me that it's really recent that you've seen this film, a movie that's been around for 25 years. It was 2017, was it, that you actually saw it? Was the first time I saw it. I mean, that's crazy to me. Like, for somebody who, you know, you and I are both Lynch fans, Twin Peaks, and for you to have not seen it, I never watched it to the end until 2017. But these are the three things. So, in the end of chapter two, I just give three simple things that you should keep in your mind when you're watching. And you tell me if you like these three things. Okay. One, Fred is not a reliable narrator. Two, Pete and Alice aren't real. Three, Fred never escaped from jail. Originally, like if, if, before you said all this, I would agree with one and two. I never saw it at three as being the case. I thought, okay, you see the beginning of the movie, the tapes and some of that, and then it happens. But after thinking about it more, I think you're right. I think all three, I think three, he, I think the whole thing, you're right. The whole thing was maybe he was in jail and everything we've seen throughout the whole film could just be him in jail recreating this like he needs to justify it with tapes or he needs to justify it with other things so yeah i i totally agree with you and i think that if you if i was gonna watch it's it's sort of interesting because i'm gonna break some news on your podcast i I always like the the good the the news here (laughs) i hope is okay all right (laughs) um i'm gonna double check afterwards if i'm allowed to break this news all right we'll so edit it if we can if you edit it just put just put the um attack of the pine weasel <laughs> over <laughs> if i'm not allowed to announce this yet but i'm going to be part of another daniel knox david lynch film fest we did it last year in chicago we're doing it again from may 24th to june 4th in dallas texas And we're going to be showing Lost Highway and we're going to be doing Lost Highway panels. And I get to introduce the film, which I'm very excited about and host all the Q&As for that event. You said Texas? You're going to, it's going to be in Texas, Yeah, it's in Texas. Maybe maybe even John Thorne could come to that. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, and I think Rob King is down there and things. So, but I'm curious if I introduce the film, like, should I tell the audience those three things? Like on one hand, I feel like you should experience, if you haven't seen it before, you should like, I almost want to ask him, instead of introing the film, can I afterward the film? Yes, I agree. I think it's better that way. I think you should let people experience right. it. That's how I feel. feelings about it. And then afterwards, once they've seen it, share that. Yeah. Then I have think, the thing. Right. So Even if you said, give me 10 minutes, give me 15 minutes or something that, to get let them see. What did they just see? 
Right. Yeah, that's so because he wants me to, he's like, you know, I know you, I'll have the books there. That's why we're trying to, I, that's why that was my real deadline. Cause I knew this was coming for a while. And I think we're announcing it very shortly. That's why I think by the time this comes out, it might be announced, but I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but I have been told the dates aren't going to change. So, um, you know, I feel like it's okay. But I, he said, you know, I know you have the book. And last time you let me introduce Firewalk with me because we were, I was pushing that book and it was, you know, that movie, who cares? Everyone's seen it. Like, mm. I don't think it was, I, there's nothing to spoil in Firewalk yeah. with me anyway, but I'd really rather do it after. That makes more sense. I think they, let them experience it and have their own views of it. And then, you know, help them connect the dots of the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that how I feel. The first one in the book that you interviewed was Patricia Arquette, which I think if, if you've told me that was your first interview, was that the first interview? That was the first interview. Yeah, yeah, it was the first interview. And she's been doing good things lately. Um, why am I? Uh, severance. The, yeah, Severance. Oh, incredible. She's incredible in that in that TV show on Apple TV there. What was it like interviewing her? I was pretty freaking great. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the high point of anyone that I've ever interviewed. I mean, I've never interviewed an Oscar winner before, so that was a first for me. She was so smart, hmm. and that made me, uh, like sometimes, especially with an old movie, you got to sort of set the stage for the person that you're interviewing. I didn't do any of that. She remembered everything about her character. She understood this film. Like, I, you could... I guess I feel more than ever, like, of course, she's the best actress of her generation because she's super smart and she understood her character and true romance and severance and lost highway. And I do talk about all those things when I'm with someone, because, you know, I don't want to just, I want to go where the conversation goes. So we do talk about all that. And I just loved her so much. We only had a half hour I would have killed for 10 more minutes. I had like Mm. just a couple more questions and she didn't say like, I got to go, but her person set it up as being 30 minutes. And I try to be professional. If they say 30 minutes, I'm out in 30 minutes. Well, I thought you got a lot of, out of the interview in those 30 minutes. Oh, I didn't fool around at all. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Bam, 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 bam. I mean, yeah, this is, you know, I, this came up throughout your book is really about, um, her and the, and the nudity that she had to do and that, and that how vulnerable that is and how I think she struggled with that. But I feel like your book really helped me understand that like, it's a little more complicated because she kind of knew what she was getting into in the sense that I think she, she agreed to doing it and she knew that was going to do that. But that, I was just fascinated by that because it came up a few times in your book and really to say like, okay, Lynch isn't a horrible man. Like he's not saying, Oh, I'm going to make you do this. It's like, she kind of like, She's like, okay, this is a stretch for me, and this is something I don't like to do, but I'm going to do it. I don't know. What What are your thoughts? I mean, I feel like you brought it up a few times, not even just with her, but with other people. Yeah, and it's sort of one of the things that I like to do in my books, because I feel like in Firewalk With Me, I'm not coming at Cheryl Lee when I interview her with questions about her trauma in doing the film you get that through my interviews with other people because it's so much better to get it from other people so in this book it's really the makeup artist debbie zoller 
Yeah. Who you really get the behind the scenes look of what Patricia Arquette went through. And I almost think it's a better way to learn something. I also feel that's how you learn about David Lynch. Mm. You know, David Lynch declined to be in this book and which is fine with me because you get so much, you learn so much more about David Lynch from other people. I really learned is Patricia as Patricia Arquette as a person, she has a problem with nudity, probably like all of us would. None of right. us would want to go to work and be naked that no, day. No, 50, 60 um, people crew and stuff. That, right. Yeah, no. And and have to do the things that they're doing. But she understood that this character didn't have a problem with nudity. Hmm. And she says something, I'm paraphrasing, but basically she said it's not her job to put her own morals on this character. Hmm. She's an actress and she wants to experience what other people's morals or beliefs are. And she felt that this character wouldn't have that hang up that she has. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what, again, what makes her an amazing actress. Definitely. So you also interviewed um, Deepak. Deepak. You know, he was a producer on Firewalk with me, which I was so happy you got a little bit to talk about that. And I always thought, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to interview him and talk more about Firewalk with me? But you got it. It was what was that experience been like with talking with him and getting insight? And he definitely had a great relationship with Lynch and and working with him in other projects, too. Well, Deepak is a storyteller. Yeah. So he had no interest in any question I had for him. And I realized that pretty early on in the interview and I sort of probably could have put the phone down and went and like made a loaf of bread from scratch because (laughs) that's how much he needed me to be around. I mean, he had stories that he wanted to tell and he told them. And so that whole interview is just story after story from any project. I mean, I think we touch on, on the air, we touch on the regular, why am I calling it regular Twin Peaks? Um, the series Twin Peaks, we talk, you know, Lost Highway. There's even a little straight story. I mean, he mm-hmm. just has, he has stories from them. When I yeah. would ask him a question, it like, it would stop everything. So I just mm-hmm. quit doing it. And Isn't I just let him talk. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think about this till right now. I think out of everyone I've ever interviewed, I think he loves David Lynch more than anyone. He <laughs> loves so. David Lynch. Yeah, I've seen some interviews with him. I mean, I'm trying to remember what what is the there was that documentary that was um, pretty as a picture. Yeah, pretty as a picture. And I thought you get that kind of enthusiasm and excitement for Lynch in that documentary. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved him. He was yeah. really, really interesting and told great stories. And I was kind of embarrassed that I didn't try to get him for Firewalk with me. Uh, but then it kind of makes this book special. So in the way that like I got Mary Sweeney for Firewalk with me, and I probably could have asked her again to be in Lost Highway, but I thought I didn't want any crossover. So yeah. it's kind of nice to have. I almost feel like these books are sequels to each yeah. other sabrina you got to talk to sabrina sutherland and she's i think she did some great stories i mean she was there was one time about um uh bill pullman's uh birthday party that i thought <laughs> yeah. was really something and then she i mean I, I love like behind the scenes stuff so she mentions a deleted scene that where fred was going to the electric chair and i read that yes. right 
And like the funny thing is you and I both have read the script. I don't believe that's in the script. There is a there is a prisoner going to the electric chair, but it's not Fred. Like I think there's all these uh prisoners saying, hey, you know, good luck, or you know, you know. So it was interesting to say, like, is she remembering this right? Is this something that 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 uh Lynch added? And I, I was really intrigued because this is the first time in 25 years I've heard of a story where Fred is actually physically we see him going to the electric chair and i don't know i was intrigued by that right now sitting here i can't remember if she says that they f- actually filmed it or not or if just it was her job to find the information but either way what it was her assignment to yeah. find out exactly what a person goes through to go to the electric chair down to how many steps it was. Yeah. Like she had to figure right. everything out. My guess is that Lynch thought if he put that in the movie, it would tip the scales a mm. little bit too much in that we would then know that this is all in Fred's imagination. Right. No, I think I, I give Maya credit she was the first one that ever said that Fred's in the electric chair this whole time. And this is going through his head. I don't, that's not my theory, but I guess it doesn't really matter. I think he's just in prison sitting there, which is what the opening shot is. To me, it looks like he's sitting on a, on a bunk. Yeah. In that first shot. And my theory is, I'm sure that maybe this is yours. I'm not so much saying that he's in the lecture the whole time. Maybe he's he's reflecting on like his last days. But that whole car chase at the very end, and all of a sudden it looks like he's maybe changing again. And so, like, ah! I feel like that is the electric chair. I feel like that right. is, I mean, he's a- actually looking, he's catching on fire there, I think. that. So I feel like that last scene of him is him being electrocuted is... Is that, have you thought the yeah, same? Yeah, that's or? what I think too. Yeah, yeah, I think in the end, he, because his face is definitely distorted. And I do talk to Debbie Zoller about whether that was a special effect or makeup and, and how they handled all of that stuff as well. So, yeah. but I, I do give Maya credit in the book because she was writing about that for the women of lynch issue seven. Oh, oh the issue no, seven, the, yeah. the issue seven right and that was the first time as i said i hadn't seen lost highway yet oops and that's when i was like i better watch this so <laughs> that could have helped me like talking about before the event or after yeah um i sort of had maya's take of it going in and you, you, we talked a little bit how you interviewed Debbie Zoller and like what I like you that you do, and I should have done this in interviews, you actually get stills of the actual work of, of the film and you share it with the interviewer and say, okay, we're, I mean, Debbie Zoller's case, she did the makeup. So you say, okay, let's talk about the, you know, nails of somebody or, or show an image of their face or something like that. I think that's a great touch to try to, especially after 25 years to, for them to remember this. I mean, that, yeah, what, I came up with it with Ron Garcia with Firewalk with me because when he agreed to do the interview, he said, You know, I don't remember how old he was, but you know, I'm going to say he was 80 years old or something. And he yeah. said, I'm 80, I'm not going to remember <laughs> things. And I said, Well, let me send you what I want to talk to you about. And I sent him pictures, and it went so well that I did the same thing with Peter Deming and Debbie Zoller because mm. I think it helps. And also knowing it's going to be in a book, it's it kind of be hard for you to do that as a podcaster. And I think when I when yeah. I 
you know, I used to be a podcaster too back <laughs> in the day. I would say you're still you're still somewhat doing that. I mean, we got to get into this one after this book talk that you you're doing YouTube podcasting. I guess if that's if we call it that, right? I don't know what it is, but um, I think it's harder because people are listening. But in a book, right. it kind of makes it easier to then I show the picture that I showed them, and you know, you can bring the reader along as well as the person that's being interviewed. Yeah. And Debbie, wasn't she so smart? I mean, so my smart. gosh, what she knew. She yeah. She's the hero of that movie. I yeah. mean, what she I, did was incredible. Right. And I love that she, you know, she could understand like what they're wearing and how does that mean? What, I, what kind of nail polish you use? And and yeah, I mean, it's just intriguing. And then for, she could tell you like, oh yeah, this doesn't exist anymore, but this is what we, it was right, really yeah. amazing that like, how do you even know this 25 years later that like what nail polish, what color that was and what exactly brand it was. And yeah, it was so, so intriguing. I love behind the scenes and I love that these people are talking in depth about this stuff. Well, I love craft. Yeah. And excellence. You know, I'm so sick of mediocrity and people screaming things from the sidelines mm. who have no business speaking up and they don't yep. understand what an artist goes through to create something. And so to get to display, like, look, I don't know anything about makeup. I don't know anything about <laughs> eyeshadow. I don't know anything about nail right. polish, but that was the most fascinating interview of my entire book. I learned something like how yeah. great is it to say Debbie Zoller is famous and successful and an Emmy winning artist because she's that smart. If you yep. want to create something, study, learn, work like, man, do I love that? Right. And I wish you had a picture. She mentions uh, doing David Lynch's nails. I mean, I I know. <laughs> We got to find that. I, I actually, after reading that, I was like Googling it. It's like, is there some, is, does somebody out there have a picture of David Lynch getting his nails done? I mean, uh, what is it? You call it Manny Petty. Is that what we call yeah, this? Yeah, I believe so. That's actually where Brian is today. That's, That's why he's not he is, here. Right? He's getting a Manny Petty with right. David Lynch. I haven't brought it up, but, you know, Brian is sick. He says to me he hasn't been sick in four years, so this is rare for him. I have, I have like, he sends me voice messages. Sometimes he doesn't want to text or anything, so he'll just actually send me voice messages, and he sounds horrible. <laughs> like just, he, he sounds, like, awful. So I'm glad he's resting today, but I'm sure he'll be back next month. But one of the reasons I wish he was here is something that you, uh, Scott, you and Brian are very much into music. I like music. Like This is, like, I love this soundtrack. I own the, you know, I probably own the was it a cassette at least i had it on cd and stuff like that so i love the soundtrack but i don't appreciate music as much as you and brian do but in chapter eight you kind of get into the whole soundtrack rest stop the soundtrack and and i thought you did such a great job you broke down yeah every song pretty much even some of that wasn't on the soundtrack was that must have been so much fun for you to do it was the most fun i had writing this book was doing the music chapter. And yeah. it was because I didn't know anything about mm. it. Um, I have the vinyl of Lost Highway and I listen to it when nobody's home because the family doesn't, is, is not pro stuff. Lost Highway, but yeah. I love it. It's not my kind of music at all, but right. I love it so much. 
but I didn't, I didn't have any backstory on any of the songs. So I had to do research on all of it. And it was really, I learned a ton and then it helped me understand the movie as well, because I do think that while David Lynch is cagey in his scripts and his interviews, he never is in his sound design, you know, yeah. Eraserhead, Twin Peaks, um, Mulholland Drive even. He gives it all away in the sound. You mentioned trying to get Bill Pullman. Any chance he tried to get Trent Reznor for this? Of course I did. Yeah, oh, I yeah. reached out to Trent. I never heard back from his people at all. Right. That would have been wild. I mean, because that what an incredible, I mean, like, of course, Nine Inch Nails, but I feel like that was the beginning of him getting involved with producing music. I might be wrong about that, but I, that was seemed like a big one. Well, at the time. It certainly was in film. And yeah. the, the main reason I wanted to talk to him, I pointed out in the book, is that he uses dialogue from the movie that mm. don't go with the song. They're played in the movie. Yeah. But in doing so, it kind of gives some things away hmm. into this idea that it's all in Fred's yeah. head. So that was really interesting. And it sort of led me um, because I actually wrote that chapter before I went back and sort of wrote about the movie and things like that. So I had all that information in my head when I went back to cover the movie. And it was only because I didn't want to watch the movie until I could see the 4K version. And it came yeah. to Florida so late. Like you'd seen it a million times and everybody was posting. And I was like, this is bull crap. <laughs> and then it finally came to Orlando and I drove across the state yeah. and saw it with Stephen Miller, which cool. was so much fun. We had yeah. a great time. But by the time I had done that, I had the soundtrack written and the script chapter written, but I hadn't written like about the movie. So then I saw the it and could do that nice it's a good way in actually for someone who is sort of afraid of the movie and then you interviewed P peter deming no, yeah he's the dp Andy. the director yeah. of director That's of photography it. right i love i mean i love the deep technical detail you get into and about like darkness i mean there's always kind of thing with lynch where even in twin peaks he was always like i want to be really dark i want to be so dark and i'm sure as somebody that you know who's got to make sure that you can actually see the pictures you need to have light and i thought that was an interesting conversation about uh about that yeah and we spent a lot of time in that when i talked to all the interviews is the darkness down the hallway because i think that is a big part of the movie yeah it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing and then th th this kind of goes into just that. Here's something I never heard of Scott Wrestler. And like, at first I said, it's like Scott Cameron, the first assistant director in, in the returning. So I'm just thinking Scott, like I'm trying to think about, is there another Scott that I remember it from Lynch's world? If you had told me this, I would be like, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> it, I got him from Sabrina. So yeah. during my interview with Sabrina, she said, had Scott told you the Gary Busey story? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know who this Scott is. And then yeah. when you look him up, you see he's worked with Lynch quite a bit. Wow. So he really knows a lot. And he actually holds the camera. That's what his job is. So yeah. he physically has the camera. He's he's working on the focus and he's worked on Mulholland Drive and, you know, uh, many things with him. So yeah. he's a good get. And his Lost Highway stories are, again, incredible. You know, I'm 
lucky to have a lot of the actors in this book, but to me, it's the crew people that you really will learn from. Right. And those are the people that I really hunt for because that, that's where you're going to get the stories. And then we have uh, Natasha Wagner there. Like, she's incredible. I mean, I always thought like, I, I thought she looked, in, she was incredible in the film. When I first saw it 25 years ago, there was something about her that was like, I don't know, magical. I think I just love her, her, her personality and her energy. And there's something I just love. And how, what was it like, you know, interviewing her? Well, I definitely fell in love with her. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about it. So I love the movie Two Girls and a Guy. Okay. And she is in that movie. It's a and comedy, actually, isn't it? It's, it's, um, yeah, it sort of is. I mean, it's like an independent comedy. Okay. It's got Robert Downey Jr. and Heather Graham. Okay. And I'm actually covering that movie in my next book, which is about 90s movies. And yes. so I did a double interview with her. So her, the other half of our interview is going to be in my next book about uh, movies from the 90s. And she was so sweet. And I liked her so much. I mean, we had a great time together. Yeah. She She's very open. And um, it, it's crazy because her mom is Natalie Wood. Right. And I you didn't, didn't know, that. know. I didn't yeah. know. Did you know that? I did. I, I think I think right. I mean, this is 25 years ago. I think I, somehow I was trying to look her up or I was reading interviews. So I had heard that. And they, if you see them, they look similar. I think they do look a lot like it. Yeah. So we had a, a really great talk about her mom. She has a documentary out about it and she was open to discussing it. And it really was very moving to me. She's, you know, you interview these people and, I never confuse that we're really friends. We're not mm -hmm. friends. This is just a job, you know, but I so badly want to be friends with Natasha Gregson Wagner. I feel like we'd really be besties. <laughs> we would have yes. a good time together. Right. So. She has a great, she seems to have a great spirit. She seems just to be so she joyful does. and, and yeah, the coolest. And then Getty, I mean, I've always thought he was the coolest thing. Like, I thought he was 25 <laughs> years ago. I don't know. He's kind of he's kind of like James Dean. He's what we like to think maybe James Hurley would be. But like, I don't know. He's got something about him. I think he's got a kind of a, a cool spirit. And I mean, he, he, has a, he does music in real life. He's done. And I don't know. And he's got a background in his family. He had like an empire, the Gettys and stuff. And what was that like re uh, talking with him? Well, what was really interesting is he opened, he was my last interview. Mm. So he, he was the end of the book for me. And cause I actually, the whole book was done. Like, cause you know, I did the whole book in six weeks and I yeah. probably did his interview like two months after that. So wow. my brain was kind of even out of, uh, lost You're on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're really but he was traveling and it was going to be, you know, it had to be scheduled at the end of last summer. So for me, walking into that interview was really, it opened my eyes to what an actor has to go through because he doesn't even care about the Bill Pullman part of the film. Yeah, Not I all. love that. I it's love of no interest to him. I love that. And so when I really thought about it from his perspective, I'm like, what a strange movie. Mm. If you just imagine it like Wizard of Oz, like where you're starting just at the color section and then you're right. not trying to figure out like, well, wait a minute, wasn't it just black and white? And wasn't she just in Kansas? If all that he doesn't even care about any of that, right. he's just 
you know, playing that color part of the Wizard of Oz. You'll let the director worry about that stuff. He's just going to do his part. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that really opened up the movie in a new way to me. And he was a super cool guy. You are right. He was very cool. Um, I liked him quite a bit. I mean, we yeah. had we had a nice a nice chat. And then I felt stupid because I totally forgot he's in the show Alias. And I love that show. Ah. It's one of my favorite shows. He's in the final season. And I never even asked him a thing about Alias. Totally no, forgot about I still about haven't it. seen that show. I've been wanting to see it because it, it it's J.J. Uh, yeah. Abrams. And I've always it, like lost and stuff. And I've always and thought, it's like, streaming I, everywhere. Yeah. And it really holds up. It's a good show. It's a good family show. And then you, you had a, a tribute to Jack Nance, which I enjoyed. And you had some quotes from a steward. And, you know, I like the, the I thought it was a really nice piece there and giving some history about like what happened to him. He never even, you know, he died before the film even came out. Yeah. Um, my end chapter was going to be Bill Pullman. And then mm. that dropped out at the end. And I didn't feel that the book had like an emotional ending, like the last book, which we're rolling the whole way to the Cheryl Lee interview. Although I'm sure little sneaky Pete's probably skipped the rest of that book and just went right to the Cheryl Lee interview. But if you read Firewalk with me in, in order, I think it has a weight. And then that's when it was actually during the Balthazar Getty interview that we kind of talked about Jack Nance. And that's when it hit me. I'm like, that's the end of this book. It should end on Jack Nance because yeah. that makes it bigger than just this movie. And you can tie in a lot of the Lynch world. And See, I, I actually think, think about these things, Ben. Yeah, you, you do. See what I'm saying? You gotta, yeah. I'm, I, I oh. think about them. <laughs> I enjoy this film. I mean, this book too about like you had all these interviews, but there was plenty of time for you to come in and and give some analysis and and, and explanation about the movie, which I think was a nice balance. I, I will say though, I think near the end, it was like part two of your end. You seem to say this was a very serious film. I actually think this is also a very it can be a funny film. It's a dark comedy, and I think most people would think I'm crazy to say that, but <laughs> there is something darkly funny about the tailgating uh, thing and like That's some of these true. things where um yeah like we got a great the cops say we have a great job don't you know no it's like it's like what a what a piece of work or something like that or something like that where it's like we've got a great job or something and it's just it's really dry humor and maybe you got to be in that right frame of mind but i actually think there's a there's a little bit of a comedy to this film well you're a sick man i am <laughs> I, I, mean, really am. I guess um, i really am I, uh, there definitely are some funny things, but I don't know that I'm going to categorize this movie as a dark comedy. Okay. But I'm sure that um, Emily Marinelli has some open spots for her therapy uh, job. Right. And you might want to get that looked into. No, I'm just fine. I, actually, what I, was I, I think what I was referring to, too, was that you, you felt like it was like, I think you said something where there was very little time to be happy or enjoy the film. I forgot exactly. I wish I, I should have written down exactly what you said. And I, I feel you know like, what? I'm. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Okay. Now I know what you're saying. There what are lighter I, moments in this film, and and the lighter mo moments are in these weird dark settings. I mean, dark humor. Even like with Fred, where it's like, "This is our bedroom." <laughs> it's like the cops are in the bedroom. It's like it's like you know, it just it's just some really silly stuff. It's like you're standing there. It's like, yeah, of course we're in the bedroom here. It's like you know, I don't know. 
What I say in the book is in other Lynch films, he usually has this 50s scene mm. with, with this really nice 50s music where you can kind of feel that everything is safe and warm and you yeah. get a respite from the violence or the trauma that the person's going through. And this movie, does, if they do that, it's with these dark, crazy songs. Right. So it might be that that I talk about. I think that I maybe that's that what I'm getting is, at. And I'm taking it as there are some light moments and it's you know, right but it's twisted. but they're not hidden in the music where right. i think in the other films he has like the the 20 reasons for being in love in Mulholland drive i think that's not the <laughs> name of the song but it's some 15 reasons is it 15 13 I, reasons I'm with the music, there's, but a, I know there's a amount that. of things so you have that and then mm-hmm. like you know you have the um the amanda siegfried scene yeah or the platters scene in the return. So right. I think that's what I sort in that of, sense of music. They, right. You get a break and he does it musically and, and that's what's missing in this one. So what was your favorite part of working on, on this book? Well, I mean, gosh, well, I guess it was, it's hard not to pick Patricia Arquette. That was a yeah. dream of mine to talk to her about true romance, which is one of my all time favorite films. But I really like the Debbie Zoller interview. I found her to be motivating. I liked her spirit. She tells a story about Star Trek that Lynch fans mm. might be like, what? what do I care about this? But to me, it's very motivating. And I would say, you know, I really and truly respect Debbie Zoller as an artist. Yeah. So I think that was probably my favorite part. I always love to get to talk to Sabrina. She also motivates me. I think she's an amazing person. Yeah. I, I definitely saw it with both Debbie and Sabrina. You kind of they kind of explain their younger selves or where they were 25 years ago and where where they've become. And it's interesting to see them grow and share that how they've grown. And I just I think I love that that you got out of this book to see you know where were they, what were they willing to say and do, and now what how do they work with Lynch? And it, right. it, it was it was a nice thing. Thank you. So, I mean, I, there's still, I think we still have a bunch of other things to talk about, but I want to make sure that people know how to get this book. Like, how, you know, where do they go to get it? Well, you can always go to bluerosemag.com. You can go to tuckerdspress.com and then that will get you the color copy. So the color copies are the ones that are on the way on the good paper. It truly looks beautiful. Even if you can't stand my nonsense it's worth it for these pictures because Peter Deming sent me his own screen caps right from uh, his stock and they are wow. beautiful. They look oh. really, really good, which was amazing. And that's that I didn't want to do this book in color. That was not the plan. But then when I got his pictures, I'm like, I got to do it again. And so it is a, if you have the Firewalk with me book, which, by the way, we only have two cases left of the fire walk with me books. And those are going to go at that event that I'll be doing. So I do that to give it kind of a collector's thing. So nice. Yeah. With the fire walk with me, I feel they're, are they releasing it again? I don't, I feel like I'm hearing that they're going to release it. I don't know. Maybe it's just a steel. steel box. I keep hearing that it's coming out again. And it's like, what? How many times am I going to buy fire walk with me? But yeah, uh, 
I, I'm never buying it again. Yeah, you, I will say that I, I really love this book because I mean I love Lost Highway, but I still think maybe Firewalk with Me book is my favorite one that you've done, and I really like it. I would definitely recommend if you're a Twin Peaks fan, you should be picking that one up. You should pick both of them up, right? Why not get it? I, it would be cheaper to ship if you if they buy two books. Yes, or, of course. Yeah. yeah, the shipping does come down, especially overseas. Um, it's a lot cheaper between the first and the second book. Um, and like I said, the Firewalk with Me one will, I think both books will sell out in 2023 because there's a couple events that I'm scheduled to be at um, that I have a feeling these are going to go fast. But again, you know, you can get the black and white ones forever. They're going to be up on Amazon, uh, just like the Twin Peaks Unwrap book. Mm. And maybe you don't care about it. You just want to read the stuff, um, which is fine too. So you've got options. Yeah. Well, I really recommend you uh, get this book just because if you're a Lynch fan, just to hear a little bit of stories about, about Lynch. I love the story about blowing up the shack in the desert. I mean, yeah. I mean that is a beautiful, beautiful shot. I mean, it's seen when uh, Fred is in jail. And of course, at the end of the, um, I, mean, I think it's at the end of the movie as well. But just that it's just a beautiful shot. And it's, they get to the story of how that even happened. How it almost didn't happen, maybe I'd say, but right. I mean, I think that's the hardest part for me in selling this book is if you're like, ugh, I hate Lost Highway. Why would I want to read that? If you love Twin Peaks, there's a lot of Twin Peaks stories in this book because Peter Deming is the DP for Twin Peaks. And of course, I asked him about doing working on the return. Like when I have these people, I ask them about everything. So definitely there is stuff there. So I think there's a few things to talk about uh, while we have you. So Angelo Badamenti recently passed away. I feel like you just recently interviewed him. What was that? Didn't you just recently interview him for something? Well, for my Firewalk With Me book, he gave me, he read it to proof it for me, the music chapter, because I was, you know, I'm knowledgeable about music, but I'm not, you know, I I couldn't, I, I wanted to be sure it was correct. And he read it and said that, nobody ever got his music as well as me and that was so sweet so we had emailed back and forth for the lost highway book he wasn't answering my emails and then of course he passed away so i think he was probably right and and yeah and passing on it was hard for me because i love his work so much Um, right yeah i mean it's unfortunate we've lost so many people in just the last several months or so It's, it's really unfortunate Trying to think of happy things. Um, two things. Uh, you just recently did an interview. I mean, we've nobody's ever interviewed this person before, and it's we've. Been, I think we've been wanting to know about this person for for thirty some odd years. And can you want to share a little bit? I mean, this is on your YouTube uh, channel. Uh, it, it's our time. Yeah. So you go to the Blue Rose Magazine's YouTube channel and I'm doing a new show called It's Our Time with Scott Ryan, where I'm going to interview people whenever I can. And it's sort of replacing the Red Room for me, which ended uh, at the end of 2022 because of um, nothing bad. It's just, you know, the company we stored it at went under. And so Doug Puff found, and I'm going to give it away here because it's been out for a while by the time this comes out. It was the screaming girl who runs across the courtyard. Nobody could find her. Yeah. And of course, I loved what you guys did with my Lil interview. Um, <laughs> because that- well, You set you, us up. You said it, it was yeah. Twin Peaks Unwrapped trying to steal your interview. So right. let's steal it. <laughs> so um, that was really funny. Oh. And so I got to interview her and she was so cute and sweet and was kind of like, 
why would anyone care about me? Like I just ran. She really didn't understand how big Twin Peaks is and how people have been looking for her, but it was kind of cool to get that story out there. So you can go to the Blue Rose Mag YouTube channel and then it's episode two of It's Our Time with Scott Ryan, which is just my new interview show. Yeah. And like we said about, uh, you know, for this, the book here, the Lost Highway book, you had the video ready and queued up and you went scene by scene about that hallway and trying to say, and she was pointing out people she knew. And I yeah. I love that. I love because she went to that high school. She actually went to the real uh, Twin Peaks High School, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, we pretty much learned, which I think is, is new, is that... Um, Everyone in that thing is from the high school. That's all those background people. They really went to um, the high school. Yeah. And I feel like you could be close to finding out the moonwalking kid. I yeah, she like- thinks she knows and, or her brother will know and she's going to try to find out and, and get it to me. So I hope that that happens. So but- maybe next month that you get an interview with the, the moonwalker. Who knows? But I mean, I yeah. think you how long has it been? I mean, it feels like it was just recently with Lil. I mean, maybe it's one. Yeah, that was left. just like two months ago, right. maybe two, three months, because yeah. that's when I found out the Red Room was going to end because it was um, when I was uploading the Lil thing, there was this big grand banner that said, this podcast will cease to exist on December 31st. Yeah. And I was like, really? Nobody told me. <laughs> But these are great finds because I think we've always been curious because I don't think they're credited in the credits at all. Right. Like there's no way to find that. And I know talking with Stephen Miller, he's like, oh, I'm looking for yearbooks and I'm trying to figure out if they if they went to the school or what. But good right. for you. I'm so glad you've been tracking these people down and, and getting to talk with them. So I think there's a, we're very close to, I think it's when this comes out, it'll be the, the week of real Twin Peaks Fest or whatever the, the Twin, yeah. Can you tell right. me about that? Yeah. yeah. So this is something that the Chamber of Commerce of uh, Snoqualmie and North Bend put on and it's called the real Twin Peaks Day weekend. Um, I've been going up to the city on February 24th for a couple years now, mm. but then COVID put an end to it and we were going to go back this time for the first time we planned this trip like a year ago yeah now there was like a cheers fest and there was a lumberjack fest (laughs) and um golden girls fest oh yeah but some reason you guys had these festivals on these uh tv shows but you seem to be focused a lot on twin peaks (laughs) oh no because it would be illegal to do a festival about twin peaks because, I mean, if you had fans celebrating the work of Twin Peaks, that should be oh, shut down. can't do that. Always. I mean, come on. Get together with your friends <laughs> oh, and, my God. and try to give money to a corporation. That's oh. a horrible idea. <laughs> so this, um, so I was going to be up there anyway, and I didn't even know this was really going on. But now uh, John Thorne and I are doing a, pan, uh, a signing and a reading at the Snoqualmie trail company hmm. on which is February just a couple 24th. right down ju- just down from uh, t- Tweed, right? Tweeds, from the Dyer, right, yeah. right on the main street yeah. at 4 30 on friday february 24th and then saturday the 25th at the black dog coffee shop and then the eagles there's a bunch of twin peaks panels it's all free and Emily Marinelli from the Twin Peaks podcast is interviewing me about my Fire Walk With Me book. And then I'm interviewing her about her Twin Peaks tattoo podcast. And then I interview John Thorne 
about his book and Josh Minton's going to join us to talk about the return. We're going to take some questions from the audience about the return. And right. then Vinny is going to do panels on props. And then I come back and I'm interviewing people from that area that worked on the return. One panel on locations and, and how they found locations, and then some people who were directed by David Lynch. Uh, but I really don't know who's on those panels yet. They just said, can you do it? And I said, sure. Will some of this be part of It's Our Time uh, on the YouTube, uh, you know, Blue Rose channel? Well, I'm going to record the panels, audio, not video, because how am I, it's pretty much all day and that would take up a lot of space. Right. And so I was going to ask you guys if you want them or I can put them up on the YouTube We channel. would love to have them. We would love if to If you that. want them, I'll just give them to you and you guys, I mean, it's Maybe, like a I lot mean, of I mean, I, we're, we're doing this live here, but I, I don't know how you'd feel about coming back for next month. So if, if for, for March, I guess it would be if you'd want to come and just give a little highlight about it or we could just run it or yeah, I don't I know. I mean, maybe you could just run them or I'll throw them up on YouTube. There was just people online were saying, oh, I'd like to hear these. And I mean, Vinny is so smart about the props and John knows so much about the return that I feel like they're probably going to be really good panels. It seems yeah. like they should be documented. We probably would love um, to. We could do it early March or something or I need if you need it up quicker. But I it's you know, we do once a month now. We, we've got right. I mean, it's up to you guys. I don't really care. I'm fine to just dump them on YouTube. I don't know if anyone will care or not, yeah. uh, but I'm going to record them and we'll see how they come out and we can decide afterwards. Like if yeah. there's a really good panel, maybe we'll put that one up through Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I mean, you guys are the big time. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't slow it. We can't be slumming. No, if anything, I'm like, it used to be I had to figure out a, enough shows for, you know, four shows a month. Now I'm like, I only need one show and I'm still kind of like, I haven't planned anything. So I have no show for March. I mean, starting to talk with John Thorne, but I have no show yet confirmed for March. So it would be awesome to have this just to share and stuff with our community. But we can we can talk. Yeah, about and then it. maybe John would want to do that with his panel and he could come on and talk to you guys, or I'm fine to do it too. Yeah, I just don't know what it's going to be like, but I just, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I packed guess you record my it and see what it, what right. happens. Yeah. So this is, I mean, I'm understanding, right. Uh, the way they're calling this is the new, I mean, the, the real Twin Peaks Fest so that it's because it is located in the, the that town that they're able to get away with not getting sued for calling. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting because the idea of get away with is interesting because I feel like, and this isn't you, but I feel like some people seem like they want to try to ruin it before it can even happen. Like, how can this get shut down? Because the other ones were shut down. Yeah. You know, nobody's trying to do anything to take anything away from the actors. No actors are coming. Yeah. No one's making money because that's really what so many Twin Peaks events are about now is how mm. can people make a ton of money? Right. Nobody's making any money here. These are people who love Twin Peaks. They go to the town where Twin yeah. Peaks were filmed and we just sort of get together and talk about Twin Peaks. Like I said, we've been doing it for years to just because right. it's kind of fun to be in that town on the day when Cooper, Cooper drove came. into town, right? you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's driving down the actual road. Here right. It's fun. Oh, my God. And so I think the town, they're just trying to make 
money for those local businesses, like this place that John and I are doing the signing. They, you know, they're just trying to stay in business. It's so hard for a small business. Mm. And we, we fight this all the time through FMP, you know, everything is set up to squash a small business. And this is a way to let those businesses alive before a big corporation comes down and buys the whole area and shuts everyone down. And, right. and, and it's just a Wendy's and a Starbucks and, you know, an IHOP. These are all local businesses like Tweeds. That's a local small mom and pop business trying to yeah. stay, you know, the money they make that weekend could keep them in business for another year. Right. So I love that the owners are Twin Peaks fans. They bought that. Is and nice. I mean, that is, is, is wonderful that they really do care about the show and want to celebrate and just have people come in and enjoy it. Right. That's what matters to me. And that's why, you know, the event with Daniel Knox, it's really about supporting a movie theater and getting these movies shown in theaters and things like that. And that's where I want to be. Definitely. Well, I know that Brian and I can't make it this year, but I hope one of these days we get out there again. And I hope we can keep doing these type of things. And but you're busy. You're busy. You've got you've got this, and then you mentioned what is the date again? It's going to be May twenty fourth through June fourth, and then later. And I feel like Faye has kind of talked about it, but we're doing the drive-in again in right. Pennsylvania. That is August sometime. I'm not. 100% sure about the date. And I think I'll be there with the Lost Highway books on one of the nights because I think they're going to show Lost Highway. Well, I got to pencil that in because I feel like that maybe Brian and I could do a road trip. I feel like that's not so far from where yeah, that's live. not that. Yeah, that's not that yeah. far from you. Um, yeah. I'll only be able to make it one of the days because I have a prior event on Friday, but I'm going to make it there on Saturday because I love that event and I love Faye, what she does with that it's again so much about the love and the community which is you know we want to be kind to each other and we want to lift each other up not try to find what each other is doing and tear it down and ruin it like true if you want to say nasty things on the internet instead just don't go on the internet i don't understand everyone being mean to each other yeah Um, We've like got a pretty good, I mean, I know every once in a while, but I think for the most part, Twin Peaks community is pretty awesome. I think a lot of times we do lift each other up. And but that is such, you have that in your book too, that there is something to be said about spend our lives trying to be kind instead of tearing each other down. It's a great message that we all should reflect on it and really try to practice every day of our lives. Really. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's what is always going to happen for me. Like I always try to go with kindness first you know, supporting people who are kind first. That's what you guys do. You guys have yeah. always been kind to the community and the community is kind back to you. So and true. That is going to, it's going to make me want to be around other people who are kind. And yep. that's, that's just, I don't know. I feel like it's the only opportunity we have. We don't, we don't make a difference by the things we acquire and the p- other people that we hurt. We make a difference by the people that we lift up and help each other. And that matters to me. Well, one more thing before you go, I, I think we do talk and we chat, uh, you know, not on the show all the time, but I always feel like there's so much more to talk about things I've noticed 
is that you have a couple more books that are coming out not too long from now that are somewhat David Lynch Twin Peaks related. One is a is a book on on Twin Peaks season three, and then I think you have a David Lynch encyclopedia book. Can you can you share anything more about those books that are coming sure. soon? So Greg Olson, who wrote one of the very famous David Lynch books, I think it's Beautiful Dark. Yeah, Beautiful Dark. He has a book coming out this fall called Black Coffee Lightning, David Lynch Returns to Twin Peaks. Hmm. Uh, Greg Olson, I mean, this is going to be a deep book. I mean, he doesn't fool around. Like he's really into theory. FMP will be releasing that. I have nothing to do with that book except my company is, is publishing it. Hmm. I haven't, I um, haven't got to read it yet. He hasn't turned it in, but his time is a ticking. So it's coming soon. (laughs) He says it's going to be long. And I said, we don't care how long it is. You know, he was worried that we were going to cut him down. I said, we're not going to cut you down, say what you want. And, and Twin Peaks fans love that. Yeah. Um, So I think that's going to be a great book. The David Lynch encyclopedia isn't, I'm, we're not really pushing that yet. It's just that it is the only other Tucker book. The The people who are writing for that, it's due at the end of 2023. And then that book will probably come out the following year okay. towards Christmas 2024. Wow. But this is from the mind of David Bushman. Mm. Uh, although he keeps saying, it's your book, it's your book. And I'm like, this was your idea. Um, <laughs> are you writing it too? Are you involved no. in, in Okay. So every, a bunch of people are writing it. I will be in it. I think I'm covering the straight story. All right. But that's all I'll be doing. Um, and then some little things. We're going to cover. If David Lynch picked up a camera to direct yeah. it, it's going to be in that. So it's yeah, I, w- I was curious. About how obscure would it be? Are, are we going to have commercials in here? Are yes. We yes. Yeah. So we and everyone's going to be covering that but we're also covering the movies the tv shows but i don't know it's going to be so complex and that's why we're giving ourselves a lot of time so in this year yeah. people are supposed to be writing the major films mm-hmm. and they're all due at the end of 2023 and then david bushman and i are going to kind of look at where we're at and then we're going to dole out the commercials and daniel knox who programmed the chicago event and is going to be programming an event this year. And I think we're going to try to do one every year at different places. Yeah, He really knows a lot of that. So he's kind of helping me make sure I get everything in there. But to, the truth is I haven't really worked on it at all yet. Cause I got to get my book done and then I'm writing this nineties book. Right. But work, that's like way out, but it's going yeah. to be such a project that it's going to take a couple of years to get it all together. But, you know, as soon as I mean, I when as soon as it gets pre-ordered, I'm, I'm intrigued to get it because I think it's one of those things that it would be a great reference for, you know, to constantly just go through and say, oh, yeah, I remember he worked on da 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 and like to get a little more detail on that. I think it'll be a great book to have. Yeah, I mean, and the only things that I feel like I can sort of announce is Jeff Lemire has agreed to do the cover. Nice. And I have told him, I don't care what he does. And there doesn't even need to be text on it. So we're calling it the David Lynch encyclopedia. Yeah. Only in print. It's not going to have a cover. I, and I, I don't think it's going to have a name. I really want to do this as like a true David Lynch thing where (laughs) we're going to call it that it's kind of like the Beatles white album. It's kind of, I didn't think about it till right now. Yeah. 
So you have to put something on Amazon and it'll yeah. probably say the David Lynch encyclopedia, but I really, I told uh, Jeff Lemire, you don't have to put that on the cover. Wow. Like it doesn't even need to have a name. Like who cares what it's called? Right. Let's not even do it that way. You just got to um, know the book by its cover, by what it right. looks like. And yeah. we're going to do it through Tucker, not FMP. The difference, you know, we have two companies now, David and I, because FMP does have a distributor and you kind of got to follow the rules mm. of things. But Tucker is just our company. We're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. And it's it's sort of my idea to just not name this book. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And just have it be out there. But John Thorne is helping us. He's like combing wrapped in plastic to make sure we get everything. And it's going to have a lot of people involved. Amy Shields is going to write something for us. Um, like I said, Jeff Lemire. And I, I don't want to name it people because well, we got we got a year so we can come back to this in a year or so. Well, yeah, and probably two years, really. Two years, it's right, just a yeah. year before the major writing has to be done so we can kind of look at where we are and then start pulling in the other things yeah i've told you this before i feel like you need to have a subscription service here because i just feel like i'm just constantly buying your books because you constantly have these new (laughs) twin peaks lynch (laughs) books even some of your books that are not that i the moonlighting book i really have enjoyed a lot of your work so uh you should start so that up you. and so you can just take my money and know that every month I'm giving it to you for uh, the books that you put out. Well, we try to only do one Twin Peaks book a year. Yeah. That's kind of where we're at. And Twin Peaks could be David Lynch. Like this right. year, it's the Lost Highway book. But we also have the Greg Olson book. And there's no Blue Rose this year in 2022. And hopefully we'll come back in 2023, but it all depends on paper supplies. Right now, the paper for that magazine, it's just too expensive. We wow. just can't do it right, right now. So, But if the economy comes around, I at least would like to get to 20 issues. So the Blue yeah. Rose, I, it's not that it's done. We're just kind of letting the economy level out. And, then and I we'll, bet you there's we'll... people out there right now who haven't gotten an issue. And, you know, you can still go to Blue Rose uh, mag.com there and get back issues and you know yeah, and every it. single issue we have is on an open last box so there are no sealed boxes of the blue rose anywhere and probably half the issues are sold out again with all of the events i'm doing this year i wouldn't be surprised if the blue like we're just out of blue rose by right. the end of the year because we're really really low on almost every single issue yeah and don't be like me where uh, you know i missed some uh, wrapped in plastic magazines and it was like taking me years and, and like i had to like try and find them and pay more of them on e- ebay and stuff it's like well i'm starting a- to get those emails from people who yeah. really want issue 12 of the Blue Rose, which is our rarest issue, and the Cheryl Lee issue eight, hmm. people are begging me for them. I don't have any; like yeah. they're gone. I d- I wasn't playing around <laughs> when I say when I tell people like we're on the last box and we're going. I'm not. I don't really have some. Like I right. want to get this shit out of my house. <laughs> like I will sell them. Yeah. Um. They're gone. So you got to find someone. Right. Who has them if you're trying to complete your collection? Because issue 12 is our rarest issue, which had the um, atomic bomb on it. So if you have that issue, you probably can make some money. Yeah. 
Well, Scott, it's always good to talk with you. It's always a pleasure. I'm so excited about your new book, The Lost Highway. You know, you gave me early access, but I haven't actually had the physical copy. I did order this Lost Highway book. I, I'm looking forward to actually opening up and seeing the color photos. And uh, it's, 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 it's a good time for Lost Highway. Yes, it really is. And like I said, they could come anytime. I know that they've shipped because I had to fill out the custom form. Um, they're on the way over. This is our second book that we printed in Hong Kong, which seems crazy that we got to go to Hong Kong because it's cheaper than wow. people in America wouldn't even take my orders. That's how hard it is to get paper wow. right now in America. They wouldn't even give me a quote for a color book on the thick paper. And I don't want to print a shitty book. I want right. it to be as good as Firewalk with me and Moonlighting. And that's sort of the books that I, I want them to look that way. So I don't know how long it takes, but it could it could be tomorrow, it could be two months. It's, yep. it's, but it's, pre-order now so you can get it as soon as it, it's out. Well, Scott, it's been awesome having you on today's show. Before we let you go, can you remind everybody where they can find you on social media and purchase your latest book. So you go to bluerosemag.com or tuckerds, that's David and Scott, press.com, tuckerdspress.com. That's our new fancy website. If you haven't looked at that, it's all shiny and new. And um, Or you can always go to the bluerosemag.com and you can follow me at Scott Luck Story on Twitter. And Instagram is the Blue Rose Magazine and the YouTube is Blue Rose Magazine. I mean, I got, I'm out there and by all means, if you have kind things to say, I'd love to hear from people. If you want to tell me how I suck, look, I got four kids. I don't need, I, that's taken <laughs> care of. Right. I get that enough. Yeah. I definitely recommend subscribing to your YouTube channel, the Blue Rose Mag channel there, because I'm maybe you'll get the moonwalking kid on the hallway. Maybe after all these years, you never know. We'll, we'll see. We're closer than ever. We got yeah. Lil. We got uh, the Screaming Girl. Um, and then Doug Panow's got it to get the young Ben and Jerry uh, in that scene. Dan with the dance, the girl. With, uh, yeah. Watching, yeah. Oh, that'd be it awesome. It's always one of my favorite scenes in yeah. all of Twin Peaks. I can't believe Denise after all that it's taken this long, but like it's just happening. It just seems to be like the dominoes are falling and you're just getting them one by one every few months here. So I can't wait. Well, thank yeah. you, Scott. No, thank you. I appreciate the time. And um, it was just nice to not have to put up with Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mentioning that. Sense. I love, I'm going to just spoil this. Can I spoil the ending, the special thanks? Can I, can, or do you want to say <laughs> oh, that? Oh, sure. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Yeah, so, I mean, you, 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 you know, you go through the book of the Lost Highway book and you decide, okay, I'll go to the special thanks. And and I was thanked and he's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, you love the movie and we got to talk and, and support your book. And then we get to Brian and it's like, it's like he did nothing for this book. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to thank him because he's part of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I thought it was hilarious, and I did screenshot and share it with Brian, and he thought it was so funny as well. But I just well, love <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew Brian could take it, and I my special thanks are always they are heartfelt. But then yeah. I also like to throw out a zinger as well because I did the same thing with Josh Minton. I said Josh Minton is like a brother to me, although strangely his wife is not like a sister to me. Oh. Um, you know, I like to take the shots at the people who can take it because, yeah. you know, we're just we're just playing and it's all for fun. So good. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. I appreciate the time.
And thank you, Scott Ryan, for being on today's show. If you have a comment, question, or theory about today's show, give us an email at TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. You can visit us at TwinPeaksUnwrapped.com as well. We're on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And you can find us on all the finest podcast places at this point. And we will see you next time.